one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, prospectors, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast. The only podcast where we delve into the. Do I ever say the what only the podcast? What the fuck are you saying right podcast? now? <laughs> we don't even know that for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think we could say it for sure. The only podcast that delves into the you salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering <laughs> subreddits, finding the saltiest posts and bring them back up to read to you, our dear listeners. As always, I am your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my two co hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hey, everyone. Hey. <laughs> hey. Tony, what are you looking at right now? Are you sorting cards? No. You like so are. I'm definitely not sorting <laughs> cards. <laughs> you Puts had cards down frantically. <laughs> yeah. You, you had the look of sorting cards and your arms were like kind of together. I could tell you were like flipping through a stack. Doing the motion. <laughs> I'm looking for my fucking... Uh thousand year elixir i thought i had mm. multiple mm. and i checked i just checked a couple of decks that i thought had it even though you know what i'm such a fucking idiot i just <laughs> i just updated all my deck lists so I, all i have to do is look at the deck list i don't need to rummage through every deck that i have you've done the work man i have just buy the new tyvar and slot that into whatever you're running thousand year elixir in new tyvar oh, what is that the, the new tyvar is going to be is going to be fired oh, that in that lock deck. Yeah. Put that in yeah. your lock for sure. It's absolutely going in your lock, but it's going to be like probably fucking 30 or $40 when it comes out. Yeah. I'm worried about that. Yeah, whatever. Just purchase it the for proxy 30 or 40 of It's going to be so expensive. Don't worry. I already so have expensive. bought a lot of fucking expensive shit for this. <laughs> I like Mike's new term. He just coined. Stop. I thought I was going to get away with it. <laughs> expensive. Ooh, that's expensive. Uh, that's so expensive. <laughs> uh, if it weren't I, for you meddling kids. Mike, I saw so. Mike say it and then catch himself and be like, oh, what a kind of like turn. And then I saw him be like, I'm safe. The moment went by. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, when you're not around, Mike, and Sam and I record, we buy some expensive cards after <laughs> we're done recording. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Last episode was a um actually i have no fucking clue what order these are going to be released in because <laughs> we're recording in batches baby hey. sam's gonna be a papa we gotta get the backlog going uh <laughs> that is but we had we had like a tony and sam special uh because mike was away and afterwards tony and i just hung out for like three hours and <laughs> chit chatted and bought expensive magic cards (laughs) and like and like egged each other on to buy expensive cards we were like it's the worst i was like maybe i shouldn't and sam was like i was like i'll do it with you i'll buy some cards cards with you oh my god i'm so glad i wasn't there for that yeah that's a that's a classic um no self-control easily peer pressured sam move where someone's like i think i'm gonna do this and i'm like i'll do it with you (laughs) (laughs) like i didn't even ask you (laughs) uh definitely picked up some spice 
The problem is that like I did it and then five minutes later after I bought a bunch, I felt I was feeling that high and then I bought more. Oh man. Yes, <laughs> I, got, uh, I got lands that I wasn't going to get. I got a bunch of the uh, Unfinity borderless shock lands. Hot. And they are foil? fucking hot. No, I, I do not like foil. So I'm like, I love borderless, but no foil for Tony. You know what? I keep like tricking myself into liking foils and being like, yeah, I'm going to get some foils. And I got some foils that came in today and they were curled as fuck, man. And I know they'll settle down. Like I got some pretty tight deck boxes and, and the foils do relax, but man, they were like cold from being in my icy mailbox. And they were just like these hard Pringles. (laughs) (laughs) They would not deform and go flat. I personally find more than half the time. I feel like they curl my other cards and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just get mad. Then, hmm. then they're consistent at least. <laughs> so this is what happened to me after we ordered those cards. We ordered them. I was thinking about decks. I was like super stoked, which is pretty much whatever happens whenever I buy cards. I'm like, oh, I want to build more decks and stuff. And I catch the itch. And then like Tony, I order more cards. And I immediately remembered like all these other cards I had hin- I had intended on buying and I was like, oh, man, I have to do another fucking order to <laughs> buy these. Like, it was only like two additional cards. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I could have just lumped them in and had them already. Smooth. Yeah. That was part of like why I had to do another order, because I realized that I also forgot one of the specific fucking cards that I was supposed to order. But hey, you know, sometimes you just got to order some more. I always order everything through TCG Player. Sponsor us, TCG. Uh, Sponsor us, and... baby. Brand consistency. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they uh, they <laughs> let you see all the cards you've ever ordered and the value. And that's... The value at which you ordered them, which is kind of cool. Well, the old... Yeah, it'll see, it tells you what your like collection value is now. So it'll take like the things really? from now. But it also <laughs> tells you how much like you you did order something for but you have to like look through your history of when you bought it oh okay interesting but That's it's uh, cool though. it is and it isn't because then you start to see how much you spent on magic <laughs> but then i can check for how it's like 10 years though i can check how much i spent on those 100 bubbling mucks that i purchased uh because <laughs> that card's can. about to pop off i'm pretty sure it's about to pop off so if it was instant it would have popped off but that should stay in the trash where it belongs. You just have to run, um, you know, like late line of whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, Vidalcanor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what the fuck? It's just, you That's just when you know something. a card's good, when you got to run other cards to make it good. Yeah. I Man, I bought a Vidalcan Orrery. Never have ever played it in a day. <laughs> so I actually... I got I, it off the JLK hype. I was like, this card's good. I did good. too. And, and like now, I think that's one of the few cards that has gone down in price in my collection that it was like in a, on the more expensive side. I bought it yeah. when it was like 20 or 30 bucks probably. And I think for a little bit, it maybe went a little higher than that. But now I think it's down to like 10 bucks or like maybe even lower. Uh, last time I had checked anyway, but it's definitely it's got trash. some value. There's a Vidakinori in uh, Abdel. Nice. Is there? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. That's See, how that's, fucking that's cheap it is. hot for that deck. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, shall we get into it, guys? Is. This is, we, we're in Ramble City. <laughs> yeah. Population 
Sam and Tony really <laughs> like just politely <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> I just politely waiting. Waiting on the See, world to is, change. This is what it was like last time Tony and I recorded. We <laughs> it was also <laughs> much more musical. We were just like bursting into song pretty frequently. There was no one here to like stop us. <laughs> don't let me stop that. I don't I don't want that. I like I like hearing you guys. Oh yeah. Mike doesn't Hope. let us sing chat. He doesn't no let songs. us fucking sing. <laughs> All right, let's talk about salt, guys. Let's get into it, right? Like, come oh, on. Wait. People what aren't here to salt. What? What'd you say? You fucking I was like, I was like, what is salt? I was like, you, know. you said it. What? Hmm? You suck. What's salt? <laughs> you have to say, you have to say it the classic way. But Sam, <laughs> salt. Fuck me. <laughs> I love how you can't even get through it. You like crack yourself up. <laughs> What a great question, Tony, and I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Thank you. Salt is frustration in the game. It is when you know, you're playing a four-person game and the three other players that you're playing against all get a turn one soul ring and you don't. And you're just is left that in the salt dust. or is that just sadness? <laughs> uh, sadness is a type of salt, and that's a great point, Tony. <laughs> um, being sulky, you're like, you know, it's like a it's like a salt packet that like touched the side of your soda cup from a fast food place and it just got all soggy and wet mm. and it's kind of falling apart, you know? Yeah. Get that sulky salt. What else is salt? Salt is when you're about to go for your win and someone hits you with a cyclonic rift that you didn't see coming. And uh, yeah, you just have to replay all your shit and try again next turn. Salt can be a frustrating situation at the table. It can also be a frustrating turn of events. Um, it can also be like, the political game, the political side of things, or even the social side of things can give a little bit of salt to the players at the table. Salt is all of these things. And the reason why we talk about salt is so we can laugh a little bit, learn a little bit, and maybe avoid that salt in the future. It hasn't worked for me yet. <laughs> but one of these, one days, of these days, <laughs> I still get salty. We'll get them there. <laughs> well, shall we get into it, guys? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Let's fucking do this shit. So our first submission comes to us from one of our listeners through Gmail. Thank you for sending this in. This is from one of our buddies, Steven, who I think is actually a patron. Thanks for your support, Steven. All right. And the post goes, names, dates, genders, and locations have been changed to protect the innocent. So this is my salt question. I play in a relatively medium-sized city, multiple LGSs, so we are lucky. You've got your sweaty LGS, your casual <laughs> new player LGS, your hyper precon only LGS that high schoolers only attend. I'm in my 40s. And your bigger layout, more expensive LGS. My child and I attend multiple locations as he is 13 and getting really skilled in his play and style. We banter about things a lot, and with EDH, there's a lot of social aspects to recognize. There's a mother and daughter who show up to play at a lot of the locations and days we do, which is typically great, but the daughter is a nightmare, about nine years old, not emotionally ready for the game, and has a real shit attitude when winning or losing. Because the daughter plays the mother's decks, they're honestly really good if she bothered to take the time or was three years older. This typically just ends with the mother basically just playing both hands of two tuned high power casual decks Easily seven plus if drawn correctly. Cheating blight steals and such fun things as turn five kills in many decks and smoking my son and I because she won't target herself. 
or her child, I guess, in this situation. I'm very interested in getting kids to play, and I don't want to discourage it at all. I think it's a very healthy way to test boundaries, problem solve, and use creative math. But damn, how can I get this scenario to change? It's leading to my son and I checking parking lots before going in because <laughs> oh, we no. know that she drives. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> That's so good. I would do the same. <laughs> she tries to play with us all the time because she likes the dynamic and my son and I are super chill and encourage her daughter. I haven't gone to any LGS in weeks because I'm getting really sick of it and I don't know how to communicate to her that her kid is ruining it for us. Thanks. That is a tough That's so situation. tough. That's hard. It's tough because it's like, admittedly, someone they kind of enjoy playing with. Like they I, they enjoy the idea of playing with this mother-daughter pair, but the actual playing with them sounds like it ends up being super frustrating. Mm. Yeah. This is something that I think we touched on something very similar when the Pay the One guys came on the show, like wicked mm. long time ago. Somebody was playing against a husband and wife duo, and the husband was like backseat driving for the wife. This feels similar, but just like fully taking over. Yeah. And, and you have this added, this added pressure of like, hey, I'm a parent with a young kid. You're a parent with a young kid. Like this feels like a good match at the table. You know, that kind of like play date vibe sort of situation. Um, I mean, that that's a hard one to navigate. Yeah. You can, instead of playing um, regular EDH, you could try doing like a uh, two-headed giant that may or may not help your problem. The only other thing I thought of too is like, maybe it's just time to bring your own boot. Like just get ready for a little pub stompiness. <laughs> just, just a little light, like not too aggressive, but they're not going to want to play with you as much. You like got to crush their <laughs> shit a little bit. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, sometimes it, to send send the wrong send the right message to the wrong person. <laughs> like, not oh always, God. but every once in a while, I got to bring the boot out. I don't know. Oh my <laughs> Can't God. Say I've done it myself, but you know, <laughs> Tony with the, with the nuclear option coming through. <laughs> the write in did specifically say, I'm not trying to crush someone's kids. Yeah. So I think we have to, he doesn't have to crush out. the kid. He can crush her. <laughs> yeah. His son can crush the kid. Exactly. Just, just, yeah. Be like, Hey, Oh, my son's playing a, Whoa, what's this? A Godo Helm deck? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I do love like your point though of just take the thing that's frustrating, like the 2v1v1 nature of the game, and instead just like make the fact that she's piloting her daughter's deck kind of explicit by making it a two-headed giant and really make it that like teaching experience. I think that's a great point, Tony. Yeah, hey, because I know you also get to like it's more collaborative for him and his son, too. So they get to like share in that moment of it's like, okay, like what should we do? Like there's like a fun aspect to that. Like when we were at magic 30 and doing mm. like the two headed giant tournament, like yeah, it was really fun to sit there and be like, <laughs> for us, how are we going to fucking crush these noobs? <laughs> yeah. It was great for Tony and I to fucking wipe the floor oh with some God. noobs. <laughs> we are, we are never going to talk about not magic 30 without you guys saying that you pub stop. <laughs> We're never going to make it. Through. I mean, we already defined it. It's a tournament. You can't pub stop in a yeah, tournament. Yeah. We strategized, oh, Mike. Oof. I I think you might be misremembering. Yeah, um, precisely. <laughs> so I really do like what you guys are saying about like kind of playing with the format. I think it would be fun to do two headed giant and even mix it up yeah. um, and like pair off the parents versus the kids. Yeah. And then that gives like 
that almost gives your son an opportunity to coach their daughter a little bit if they need it um, and talk through strategy, which could be a cool experience for both of them, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then the parents can just kind of chill um, or even mixing it up. Like uh, you could coach their daughter. They could be teamed up with your son, you know, kind of like, like mixing up the table. The other thing that that got me thinking about is um, a format that we used to play all the fucking time in college, which was called star. And it's a five player format. And I have gone on record that I do not like, <laughs> I do not like commander above four players, but this format actually works out really well. And basically if people aren't familiar with this, it's a five player format. Everybody's sitting around the same table, obviously. And the people to your right and your left are your allies and the people across from you, the other two players are your enemies. So you can only attack one of your two enemies. Um, and everybody has that setup. So the way that it ends up working out is you have these overlapping alliances and the way you win is you kill both of your two enemies and you still have both of your allies in play or have the most allies in play. Cause there are situations where like multiple people will have all of their enemies dead, but you want to make sure whoever has the most allies still in play or the higher life total wins. And it has this cool dynamic where the people on your right and your left are your allies, but they are enemies to each other. So you're kind of strategizing with them, but they don't really want to strategize so much with you that they're losing out or losing some value to the other person. So we we played this a lot in college just because we had like weird numbers of people, but it gives you a space to be in a bit of an alliance with the person next to you, but also still have a bit more dynamic play. And it does kind of simplify things when it comes to combat and like target priority and things like that, because you're only looking to attack two opponents versus, you know, a full three, or if you are playing a five person game four other opponents. Uh, so it simplifies the game a bit, but adds this like really cool political mechanic that I think could potentially smooth over some of these things. And, um, and you could also bring a fifth person to the table and that, alone may change the dynamic of playing with these people. Yeah, I will say, I think we're being a little bit generous so far with only talking about sort of the backseat driving part of this post, because the more like tricky to evaluate part of this is the description of the nine-year-old, you know, not having the best attitude. And that's really challenging because like, Kids obviously are just like a little more volatile coming into things like this sometimes. And yeah. uh, it's really hard to try and manage that while also managing the game. I mean, I did say you could bring a boot, but like, you know, <laughs> get it, Tony. <laughs> yeah, just be like, yo, you fucking suck, scrub. <laughs> get good. Give, and also give me your milk money while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Gara solution, bully the child. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm just going to lay it out there, but you know. yeah, no, but I, I think that's challenging because you also don't want to really have to like parent someone else's kid in the middle of the game. But I yeah. do think that one of the things that works somewhat effectively across ages is just modeling what you want to see in a game. And you can even over-exaggerate being considerate of things that you're doing. Pat does this pretty well sometimes of like being like, oh, that's a great play. 
nice decision that you made there. Like, you know, just like really over aggressively, like setting the tone of just positivity in the pod. Mm, Like when you lose, when you get something removed saying, oh, you know, you probably made the right choice removing my piece, like threat assessment wise, that was probably a good call to remove that or something. I don't understand, Mike. But they were but in the in the scenario they removed something of mine, right? <laughs> so why would I say that? <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> Just exactly though. <laughs> like, you know, make some of those examples of being a good loser, like just grossly obvious. Yeah, like, for sure. Play them up beyond even how you actually feel sometimes, because you can set that like it's okay to be targeted or it's okay for something bad to happen and still be gracious about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, Mike. Like there's a, there's an element of kind of killing somebody with kindness that I think you can bring to a table where you are radiating that positivity, maybe even over explaining some of your decisions to remove pieces, you know, like sometimes if someone has a salty reaction to removal, you can be like, we've talked about this before you'd be like i had to remove that it's such a good card it works so good in your deck you're about to do this you're about to do that like i just had to you know the value is so good kind of complimenting like their play choices their deck style it's a little going above and beyond you're like really dumping the sugar on the table instead of dumping salt on the table um which you know can be exhausting in its own right but i think that it is a, a good move to do something like that from time to time The other thing that I'm thinking of is you can diffuse this situation potentially with game mechanics like a Pramicon deck, for instance, (laughs) (laughs) where you can only attack to the right or the left Mm. (laughs) or other pillow fort (laughs) strategies. Honestly, Um, I mean, pillow forting up, goading things that that like Pramicon that direct the flow of combat, those types of effects can break up things like that, where it's sort of like, man, this mother is never going to be attacking her daughter. We need to kind of force that mechanic in the game. Obviously, you know, that, that takes a little bit more effort. Maybe you don't want to be playing that type of deck, but having something like that in your rotation to bust out and kind of like scrub the moss off of this situation, you know, uh, and just kind of like make it fresh again, something like that could be, could be useful. At the same time, like, if it's really not what you want to do, there's a conceit that all these things we're offering up is additional effort for you to fix the situation. And I will say that I don't think it is a terrible thing for you to honestly look for a car and, like, hit up another LGS, especially if they're in close driving distance. Yeah. Avoiding someone isn't always the best thing. I personally think that, like, facing challenging situations is usually the right move. But at the same time, like there's some days where I just don't have the energy and I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Just like in magic and in life. And in those moments, like being a little bit selfish and and avoiding that situation is totally fine. Yeah, totally. Just get like a good camera set up on each of the parking lots so that anytime the car pulls in, you know, (laughs) to not go there that day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or walk into the store and then be like, oh, shit, she's here and turn around and leave. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just seems hard because like i feel like four years is not a big age difference for for like us like we're more than four years apart in like age range and all those things but for a nine-year-old to like a 13-year-old it's a pretty big gap and i think 
you're definitely right. There's, there's only so much they can do, right? Like, yeah, nine year old is gonna be a nine year old. You don't want to tell a parent how to parent their child because that never fucking goes well. No. Uh, and like, I mean, honestly, it's probably all in like good fun, and she's not like trying to be a little shit, but she fucking is one. <laughs> this child is a mom. Like <laughs> the child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's just hard to navigate, you know, especially like when people's kids are involved, because obviously, like our, our listener here wants to have an awesome experience with their son and like really enjoy it and go to these LGSs and just like rock games. And, and like I said, and be super chill and laid back and have a lot of fun. And, you know, I think, like you said, Tony, four years isn't a long time. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, you have a kid. I have a kid let's hang out and like play a game with the kids. And it's like, yeah, but we're kind of on different wavelengths, you know, like my kid is building their own decks and, and, and uh, theory crafting and playing their own optimized games and just playing at a higher tier level of play. You know, it's like your kid is just kind of half piloting a deck and you're doing the other half of piloting. Uh, You know, it's tough, especially with, like you said, you don't want to tell someone how to parent their kid. So what do we think about the salt rating here? This would make me salty, man. I mean, I don't know if it's full shaker, but the shaker is filling. Like it is getting more and more full with each passing week that this happens. Also, it's because two people are pouring the salt on me. (laughs) Like I've pulled out my my Morton umbrella, but there's fucking two people just pouring salt on me. And it's starting to fill up around my feet and pretty soon it's going to be in my eyeballs. I'm going to fucking pop off and pub stomp a child and then like <laughs> oh be a problem yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's tough i i think any situation where you are put in like a, a social position that is challenging and you don't feel comfortable going to a place and like hanging out is shitty and it's also like to some extent out of your control like we we've provided some kind of creative solutions because you'll probably still find yourself in that situation maybe some of these things help to it a giant changing up your deck, changing up the format, what have you. But at the same time, like that's just extra work for you to try to solve a problem. And you're probably not going to change the dynamic of a mother and a nine-year-old, you know, just kind of is what it is. So I think trying to find other LGSs and, you know, maybe scoping out a group in an LGS could also be a a solution, like having Mm -hmm. a couple dedicated people that you want to play with weekly. Yeah. And like seeking those people out first, and getting busy with games, and then you see that mother and daughter play games with other people. You yeah, know? break out some CDH, and you know, I doubt this mother's trying to get her nine-year-old in CDH. So maybe that's your. It's kind of true. Be like, this is the style Honestly, game we're playing tonight. Like these are the decks we have. Yeah. So that's you a can't really hang good point. see it unless she like whips out two fucking CDH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She's but... like, oh fuck yeah, like I'm ready like, to go. Oh no, my my nine year old's about imagine? to pilot this Gitrog deck. Don't even worry. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> she can't read, but she's memorized the primer out loud. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 27 steps of the Gitrog loop. <laughs> but honestly, that is a really good point. Like, maybe try to play it like a different power level and be like, yo, this is what we're trying to play tonight. We don't really want to play. You know, we're not playing tier. baby magic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do also just want to shout out how like fucking cool and dope it is that, that this guy's playing magic with his kids so often. That's like amazing. That's awesome. 
that's super super cool way to Sam's share something dreams with your child. Of, the, of the future yeah this is like what i want to do with my future child my dad barely even knows what magic the gathering is he's just like wow your thing is so cool and i'm proud of you which is great but he has no idea what it is yeah <laughs> like every once in a while my parents will comment on one of the podcast instagram posts and be like wow i don't know what this is but i'm so proud like that's literally a comment that i've got <laughs> There was one post that we had on Instagram where it was one day where my mom commented on Instagram and Mike's mom commented <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. And we were like, yo, the moms are coming out with the support today. Like, they were like, so proud of my son. It's like so cute. <laughs> there was a there's this streamer that I uh watch, uh, and he like got a world record, and his mom was in the stream. And everybody was like, mom's in chat. And like, it was like this whole thing. It's fucking awesome. It's yeah, great. that shit's so wholesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to another one, guys? Another one. Yes. Another. Uh, so this one comes to us from Reddit. Uh, and it is a DM, but from Reddit nonetheless. Um, and this one comes to us from user Royal Flood. So if you guys see user Royal Flood, give him an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that. Goodwill. You seemed real hyped to say that. That's I was so hyped. You were like so feeling hyped. it. You were feeling yourself when you said that. I was like, I right. like. <laughs> I think Royal Flood is a patron too. So fuck yeah, dude. Look at look at these guys. Nice. And the post goes. Hello, Salt Lords. Are we Salt Lords? Tony is. No, that's bullshit. Just me. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we had a brief moment in having less salt in our games, and now I feel like we have more salt in our games. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've we have cranked up the salt oh, recently. I feel like we either have a game that has like almost no salt, and we're all just like really happy and having a good time, or it's salty from like turn two, <laughs> and someone is like, someone is like, oh, like. Sam just got out like a couple rant pieces. He's probably going to pop off soon. He's probably target him now. And I'm like, fuck you. You're going to target me over that? And you're like, eat shit. This is just me and Tony. This is me and Tony. The other night we started like mad at turn order. Yeah, yeah. we were so angry. We're like, are you fucking randomized? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. And then we play CDH and it's like so polite and cordial. Yeah. There's like... There's like no salt in CDH, but our casual games were like raging sometimes. <laughs> oh man! All right. So anyway, so what is a post to be read or, yeah. or DM to be read? Yeah. Anywho, hello, Salt Lords. I wanted to reach out and tell the story of my recent experiences with my new deck. I recently built a Slicer Hired Muscle Commander deck that is all about dishing out absurd damage on everyone's turns. The deck seemed like a lot of fun. But my God, there is something about this degenerate robot that extracts the salt from the souls of his enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I recently brought him to my LGS commander night. And from the get-go, I was arch enemy. I've never seen a group of three strangers work so hard together to eliminate me. After getting annihilated multiple turns by a Kozilek and having Slicer destroyed, the table thought my terror was over, but it was not. My next turn, I had enough mana to recast Slicer on his vehicle side and still had one red mana available. I swing Slicer at the Kozilek player, who had 16 commander damage at this point. He declared no blockers, and before damage, I cast Brute Force yes. to buff Slicer and kill the guy 
He very calmly asks, is there anything I can do? I respond, unless you have a counter spell, no, you'll just die. He then loses his shit and starts cussing <laughs> and yelling about it being some fucking bullshit and packs up his belongings aggressively. The rest of the game went pretty quick and I was shut down hard after that. I then asked if the guys wanted to run another game as this game was pretty quick and the Kozilek player refused. It was pretty entertaining to see it happen, but Slicer may be my friend's pod only deck from now on. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's great. Is there anything I can do is a really interesting question. Yeah. That is like such a... It's like a hopelessness there <laughs> that I, I resonate with in a major way where I'm yeah. just like, can I even do anything about this fucking stupid bullshit? <laughs> but, but it's also a little bit like, you should know, you should know if you're able to do anything. Like you're the one that sees the things in your hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that is very true like sometimes things are complex yeah and like i feel like we we've asked that at, at a table before where like something's happening we're like wait can like can we do anything like can something be done but when it's like i a creature play my commander <laughs> i attack you and i buff it like plus one or plus two it just plus feels three. like hopelessness plus three plus feels three like hopelessness to me oh plus three that's pretty good dude brute strength is giant growth in red with one less toughness. I just assumed oh, Slicer really? was like a three. Yeah. So that's a great question, Tony, because I'm going to read Slicer right now. Nice. Also, I want to point out that Slicer is like the new hotness right now. Like Slicer was in top 16 at uh, Silicon Dynasty, which is a big CDH tournament. Oh, was so, it? So yeah, dude, top 16. It was crazy. Everybody has been talking about it. I've been seeing like a bunch of builds about it. I've been seeing a bunch of people loving it, people hating it, people thinking it's like bogus in CDH, people thinking it's like the next Godo in CDH. Um, you know, there's a lot of different opinions about it. So I think it's kind of cool that we have a post about it so we yeah. can read it and talk about it. We're fucking relevant, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Cutting edge. <laughs> When this comes out in like a month. Yeah, like two months. <laughs> <laughs> so Slicer Hired Muscle is a Transformer card. This is one of the Transformer cards, everybody. So the robot side of it is a four colorless and one red for legendary artifact creature robot. It has more than meets the eye for three mana, which is a two colorless and a red. So you can cast it, convert it on the other side for three mana. It is a three, four. With double strike and haste. And it says, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you may have that player gain control of Slicer until end of turn. If you do, untap Slicer, goad it, and it can't be sacrificed this turn. If you don't, you convert it. And the converted side is a 3-2 legendary artifact vehicle. It, of course, has a living metal, so as long as it's your turn... The vehicle it counts as a creature. It has first strike and haste. And whenever a slicer deals combat damage to a player, you convert it at the end of combat. So the play line with slicer is that it comes out on turn. Well, the play line with slicer is that it comes out as the vehicle side, three mana. It's got first strike. It's got haste. You zoot it at an opponent, convert it. And then you start passing it around the board on each other player's upkeep and they have to attack another person with it 
it's not like a slacker when it comes to attacking. You know, it's a three, four double strike. So you're putting out like potentially six commander damage on everybody. And double strike is hard to block, you know, and four is like a decently sized butt. And that's every um, turn. So in, in one yeah. rotation of the table, you're putting out tw- 24 commander damage. Yeah. Yes. How exactly. does that clause that clause reads the owner gets to decide to pass it, not the person that controls the creature at the time, right? Yep. Yeah, the owner. So so you're passing it to every single opponent. It is pretty and dumb. they're attacking with it. And I mean, like in a if you're thinking about CDH or high power, a guess what? A jeweled lotus is gonna cast it converted. Cause it's only three mana. Yep. Yeah. So you can like turn one a slicer out. I mean, yeah. I mean, three mana is so stack, easy in CDH. It's always like casting yeah. it on like turn, turn one. Turn one or like turn two, like easy. Slapping. Like, like a, you know, a mountain and a mana crypt is popping this thing out on turn one. You're attacking somebody and then you start the thing. The other big value with slicer that I've been seeing that I, I see why it gets so much play is the sort of series, sort of fire and ice, sort of feast and famine, because it has double strike. You control the artifact. So you get the value off of those triggers. And because of double strike, the swords are giving you two triggers every single time it hits and the protection. So like it's harder to remove. It's getting through every single time you swing with it. Like it becomes this crazy value engine, right? Like think about getting fucking sort of fire and ice and putting it on slicer and every turn rotation, drawing eight cards and dealing out six. I mean, you don't even need damage. it, right? In like three turns, like you've won. <laughs> By turn three, from like combat damage, assuming you get like one buff on there, like you could kill people. And like in CDH, particularly. Oh, yeah. You don't have blocks for that that are good. Like it's at like all. game warping. That, that's what I was going to say. It's like a pretty warping like strat to like get one of those out. But at the same time, you're just hoping that you win before the fucking Cody deck wins, but and, and unexpected too. I can see why in like a CDH tournament setting, it would do really well. Like, I don't necessarily think it's like an amazing CDH deck, but it's like a really weird off meta deck that sure. if you dropped it in a pod of people that were expecting, like, you know, your typical meta combo decks, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? And how do we even play around it? You yeah, <laughs> for sure. So back to the post, I mean, <laughs> this is, Oh yeah, back to this guy who was fucking pissy as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't play games with this yeah. dude. I wonder if some of it comes from the fact that it is like a transformer card. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really seem to talk to that, but I mean, personally, the card's cool. Like, it does cool stuff, but I, I just don't love that space of its like transformers and magic. Like, it's I, I just don't like it. So yeah, I wouldn't be that salty about it, but like maybe I wonder if that's like a contributing factor. Yeah, I think it's like as our friend Nick would say, it's a non-zero chance that that is a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's one percent or fifty percent, you know, that's probably contributing somewhere in there. I think part of it is that it's just such a weird deck, and you it's really hard to navigate. I mean, especially once you start throwing a shit ton of equipment on it protection most people are playing this as like an equipment voltron deck you put some protection on it you protect that slicer and it's going to be really hard to remove and it's frustrating to have it like coming at you like the goad is the goad and the double strike is kind of crazy you know yeah this alone is probably also causing some of the salt of it's like all right i have this thing 
and I can smack someone else with it, but like, I really can't control any of the actions that are happening out of it. And like, it's just going to smack me the following turn. Yeah. It's kind of like this uncontrolled cycle, like literally next. (laughs) Yeah. So I see where it would generate some of the salt, but yeah, I I mean, frankly, I I think it's kind of spicy. It's for sure. It's new and weird tech. And, you know, this kind of mechanic has been around for a while where there's like a big attacker and you're passing it around like Tarn Garth does that. Um, and I think there's a couple other show that do does it. the Wooberg one, right? Is there a Wooberg one? Corona false God. Oh yeah. Corona does it where you pass her around and she's like attacking everybody. There's that there's like a Minotaur kind of thing. That's green. Yeah, that's Tarn Garth. Oh, just kidding. I was testing you. <laughs> But most of those can be like sacrificed and that's kind of like the downside, you know, or the risk you take, like you pass it to someone and they're like, well, sweet, I'm going to sack it. Or you pass it to someone and they're like, cool, I'm going to attack you with it, motherfucker. Yeah. The goad <laughs> element and not being able to sack it is like, uh, it's just a whole nother level. I mean, I kind of love this story. I, I think it's really funny when like, you can just kind of hear the despair in that Kozilek player's voice when they're like is there anything i can do you know like i've i've been beaten to that <laughs> point and i've beaten others to that point where i'm just like is there anything i can fucking do with this stupid situation and then i'm like cool fuck it i'm done with this game yeah <laughs> like it's assault i can relate to but also assault i'd never like to see across the table from me <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just, honestly i was thinking back to magic 30 because we definitely had a few games where people were like <laughs> when we were you know doing our thing and doing a giant people i think every time we're like well i guess there's nothing we can do and we were like no there isn't you just die <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were like uh, i don't think there is like that's 21 yeah. commander damage and they're like oh okay that was really the not to harp on that, but that was the bummer of that situation was because we beat somebody and they didn't realize that it was still 21 commander damage for that format. And we had to like call a judge over and the judge was like, yeah, it's 21. And they were just like, oh, and we're like, sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, we looked into this beforehand. Like we planned this. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Not those ticks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, what do we think about the salt rating here? I kind of like it, man. It's like <laughs> it's like the salt on top of like a a nice toasty warm pretzel that you get. You know, <laughs> it's salty. Oh, I pick like, all oh. that salt off. Yeah, what you pick it off? Oh my I god, do. I'm that what? guy that gets like a, a warm pretzel and I pick all the salt off and eat it. I don't know. Oh, like, you eat, like but I'm you like... eat the salt. No, you don't eat the salt. You just no, knock just it all off. Toss it to the side. If I got a little mustard, I'll eat that. But why'd you buy the pretzel? I like the soft pretzel. I just don't like the salt on it. I don't know. Then you don't like the soft pretzel. <laughs> Let me tell you, you you just want to eat a warm pretzel bun. You don't want a pretzel itself. You want Yeah, I mean, bread. I was always the child that never liked pretzels, like pretzel sticks or pretzels at all. Like, I don't know. Because of salt? I think so. Are we learning that you actually don't like salt right now? <laughs> well, no, it's weird because I, I like salt in so many other things. But like for one reason or another, pretzels are a no-go for me. 
No damn. salt on pretzels. This huh. is not where I thought this episode would go. But... <laughs> damn. Dark places. Damn. Dark truths are coming out. God damn. Thought I knew you, man. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's the salt on a pretzel, but, you know, pretend, Tony, that you love the salt and you enjoy eating it. And, oh, gotcha. You know, maybe it's a very salty pretzel, but it also tastes really good. <laughs> What do you guys think? Salt ratings. Mike, you give us one. You're like falling asleep over there, dude. No, I think that's right for the salt ratings. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that's, not that's salty good. enough to keep we me up at night. We don't need anything else. <laughs> <laughs> not enough to keep me up. <laughs> I don't think this is insanely salty. Like the, the person definitely was disappointed by the situation of getting sliced apart. But <laughs> I don't think this should necessarily lock it into being like a friend's pod only like keep busting this out see what people think about it uh keep keep temperature gauging uh and uh experimenting with that cool new commander Mm. it's also like a little unwarranted too right because it's like yeah dude had a fucking kozilek out that he was smashing face yeah that's a really good point like Like, kozilek (laughs) is fucking crazy like let's be real yeah is there anything i can do well it doesn't have annihilator so maybe you can (laughs) still do something (laughs) you don't have to sacrifice permanence dude like i've been doing (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean i i agree with mike keep playing the deck maybe it becomes one where you're like hey pod of mine that i'm about to play with i have this kind of weird commander are you guys down to play against it you show it to them and then you just jam it you know um, and at the very least, if you're like, yo, you guys want to play a second game, I have another deck here. I think whenever you bring a deck that's like kind of like that, just make sure you have a second one so you can like yeah. chill it out for the second game. You know, I'm not going to jam Gave combo down your guy's throat like three games in a row. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd prefer if you didn't jam it down my throat any games, but that's okay. <laughs> well, beggars can't be choosers, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move on to another one, guys? Oh yeah, sha. All right, so this one is a um, direct message that we got from one of our listeners, and it says, "What's up, HSM boys? I come to you today with a salty story about borrowing a deck." This story comes from a game I witnessed a short while ago when playing with some friends. One of the peeps at the game day was playing with borrowed decks since they forgot their own. One of the decks they borrowed was a Gruul Elf Ball deck with Bayloth and the Master Chef background as the commander. Round turn four, they had not drawn a red mana source. So they cast a Sylvan Ranger to tutor up a mountain. As they searched through the deck, they found that the deck contained zero basic mountains. (laughs) none the player was instantly salty and kept making comments about not having red mana and how the deck was built poorly if i only had a red mana who built this deck sure wish i had a fucking mountain around turn eight they finally drew a red mana source a path of ancestry that enters tapped oh i finally get something it enters tapped there were only nine ways to make red mana in the deck we counted. The only red mana sources were dual lands, command tower, and an arcane signet. It turns out the deck had recently been changed over from an Eladamri deck, which is mono green, and the commander and rhythm of the wild were the only red cards in the deck. The salt was all in good fun, but the deck definitely had some issues with the build, and the owner of the deck admitted they implemented the changes pretty quickly and hadn't played with it much yet. 
We continued to make jokes whenever someone played a mountain for the rest of the day. Nice. I mean, <laughs> I think I've said it in the past. I even had this come up in a recent game that I was playing with some folks from the Discord, but the amount of times I have cast and into the north <laughs> where I'm trying to find a snowland in my deck and I fail to find is too high. Amazing. It's too that, fucking high. Did that literally come up with some of our patients well, I played, in Discord? I, played, I was playing with uh, Dr. Black and Guillaume and, and I <laughs> was playing the bridge and I cast it, and I was like, "Boys, you I'm still not haven't... sure that I added one to this, <laughs> and you still and cast I, it." So I searched and searched and searched, and then I found one, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> okay, but then I also drew a, uh, um, I drew the second one because I had two in there. I have a basic snow mountain and one of the like dual snows that came out in whatever the hell set that was. There you go, awesome. uh, yeah. I think Dr. Black called me out pretty hard though. He's like, bro, you that's the <laughs> land you searched. First you've got that card in there, and then that's the snow land you got. Like I was expecting like Merritt Lage or something. Like, <laughs> like a shitty duel. I was like, nope, it's just <laughs> this a shitty, shitty duel. duel. Amazing. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I think this is a salty story that um that all of us can jive with, you know. Like I've tinkered with decks enough and made changes and you go to tutor something and you took that card out like two weeks ago and you fucking forgot. And you're like, <laughs> well, I'm stupid. It's not in here. Like, I think I was playing my, I think I was playing my new, uh, my new, which is going to very quickly be reverted to my old build, but my new build of Marath for CDH. And I was mm. looking for an Allosaurus Shepherd. And I, could, I took it out of the deck. <laughs> I was tutoring it up with like a, a, a Ranger Captain of Eos. And I, I was like, oh, I'll find my Al Source Shepherd. And I go through the whole deck and I don't have any of it. I don't have it in my deck. Like I just don't even. Yeah. And, and the, the one cost mana cards that I had, like the one mana cost creatures that I had were bad. <laughs> it's like not, I was like, sweet. Here is Ragavan, a card that I definitely don't need this late in the game. So anyways, it, I feel like I I get this, you know, it happens. It's so funny to have another person find that issue in the deck instead of yourself. Cause they're just like, what the fuck did you hand me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay when this happens. Cause someone either flashes in like even mind sensors. So like you can only search the top four. That's like salt. You feel real <laughs> salty when you're like, I'll search the top four. And then you look at the four and everybody always waits. Yeah. And they're like, all right, I failed to find. And no unless they here. hit it, unless they hit a like a land, it's usually on like a fetch land. And they're like, fucking got it, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> it like feels that is frustrating. As the Aver, <laughs> as the Aven mind sensor player, that yeah. is that's that feeling sucks. Well, when you're searching <laughs> your whole deck and you're like, mm, I don't have this card. So uh <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very so different to have like to two snowlands in a 100 card deck and be like oh, you know, I drew them both. I don't have them. Maybe I didn't have snowlands in there, whatever. But to yeah. have like no basic mountains in a two color deck. Oh, yeah. Is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Like not how it should have been written up. <laughs> There's one thing you can do to like really chill this out too. Like if you're going to borrow a deck 
just look through it once before you play it. <laughs> just like look through it. And you might not notice this stuff, but like you'll get a sense like, oh, wow, all of this is green. You know, like <laughs> would you? I'm not looking at the lands if I'm looking at like a deck. No, but, but you might notice there's no mountains. Hundo P. I feel but like the, none of us would notice. But with only one like, oh, red card in the me, deck, my mana base is not appropriate for this with, deck. With Thank only you. rhythm of the wild in the deck, <laughs> like only one red card, and that's the other thing is like, I mean, I still think you need some basic mountains, of course, because you have things that can tutor basics. But to have a one hundred card deck and only two cards in the entire deck are red, I think like around nine red sources is probably fine. You know. The salt was really from like not being able to tutor up that basic. The commander's cost has red in it, right? Yeah, Bayloth the commander. I, I can read Bayloth real quick. Yeah, that's the salt. Like, I, I have a commander deck that I'm borrowing where I can't play the commander. Yeah, that nine was... nine red sources is not good for that. <laughs> so Bayloth Baratil Entertainer is a four colorless mana, one red for legendary creature elf shaman. He's a two five. And it says creatures, your opponents control with power less than Baloth Baratil's power are goaded. Whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token and it's a background commander. Um, Master chef, as long as your commander's out, all of your creatures come into play with an extra plus one plus one counter on it. So it really is kind of critical because you need Baloth to be in play to have the master chef like yeah. active because that's how the background cards work so um all right i'm i'm gonna let you guys in on a secret you guys ready i'm ready i submitted this post oh you fucking scrub <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw this salty situation i was at a game day and this is unfolding in front of my eyes and i was like taking notes they were like are you gonna put this on the podcast and i was like hell yeah i am this is, salty as fuck. This is great <laughs> So, so I may have some intimate knowledge here. I'm realizing I'm like speaking beyond the bounds of the question. <laughs> I mean, the fail to find on the land is like, it doesn't get saltier than that. There's this debate while it was happening about like, well, you know, Bayloth comes down as like a late game card. So who cares? You get to your red mana late, you know? And the person playing it was like, yeah, but I want Master Chef to be popping off right now. And I, mm. I'm on turn five. I could be bringing in Bayloth now and goading people now. And like, sure, maybe it's like a finishing move sort of thing, or maybe it's a later game thing. But like to be able to get it out as soon as you can to turn on the deck, like, that's the whole reason you have the strategy. Yes. Um, yeah, it for was sure. very funny, I have to say. And they were playing in different pods too. And the person who built the deck just kept looking over and being like, like just like checking you know like we're we're worried about it so it was uh it was great they're li they're listening right now um and they knew that i was going to use this post <laughs> but it was amazing it's very beautiful i do well, love that, that that it ends by saying we then joked every time a mountain came down yeah. like that that's i love the salt getting celebrated like that that's yeah. a, definitely a memorable story you walk away with Someone like discarded a mountain in a later game with, with that player who was salty and playing this deck. And they were like, how does that feel? I'm just putting the mountain right in the graveyard. I don't even give a shit. And he was like, man, I wish I had one of those things. Just like kept shouting it over his shoulder. Like, wish I had a mountain, you know? Oh, good. What, uh, what do we think about the salt rating here? 
I feel like I have to recuse myself. I'm uh, I'm too involved. Mm. Mm. I mean, <laughs> it's such a like sad, funny moment when it happens. <laughs> like anytime I go to search and I fail to find, it's because it's usually my own fault. <laughs> it's rarely that it's any other reason than I didn't put a card in a deck or I thought something was there and it's not. And so I'm just like, mm, well, I'm sad, but I failed to find. <laughs> Would you be saltier if you didn't fail to find because of your fault? <laughs> Would you be yes, saltier or less probably. salty? <laughs> I would be more salty. If like somebody had milled a bunch of my shit and then I went to find it and I was like, fuck, it's in my graveyard. But then it's still my fault <laughs> because I knew that it was in my graveyard and I still went looking for it. Oh, I meant if it wasn't your fault because someone else built the deck. <laughs> oh, I would I would just kind of laugh, I think. Like, I, there's something about searching up a basic land and it not being there. In like your fucking red green deck, like, <laughs> yeah, like the, I, I just don't know what I'd do. I'd be like, literally nothing. There's literally not a single like even CDH decks all usually run one basic land. Yeah, at least of we each at of least the got land one. types that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I would be really sad. Like, there's something about letting someone else play one of your decks where. It's different than like me playing my own deck. Like if I play my own deck, I'll misplay. I'll do whatever, whatever it happens. If someone else plays my own deck and they're getting like mana flooded or like things aren't popping off or, you know, something that's just like weird with how like the deck is playing out. I immediately have like anxiety. I'm like, yeah. I, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't happen all the time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the deck is good. The deck, it's a good deck. I swear. Uh, trust me, please. Just I know how to play magic. More turns. Please. No please, one attack bro. him. No one attack him. Just get a couple more turns and you're going to pop off. Come on. It'll be fine. <laughs> and like, if someone tutored and failed to find, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it right now. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm playing in a separate pod, but I concede. Like, I... <laughs> but but that's just me, and I have extremely high anxiety. <laughs> How about you, Mike? I think this is a pretty high salt, but it's it's a salt that's nice, a nice quality of it. Because you're <laughs> you're gonna be remembering that salt with your friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it that time of the week? Ooh, it is. I think it is that time of the week. Hey. I think it is. Beep, 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 yeah. beep, 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 beep. I think it's the time of the week where we say, Mike, what's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is I must hear the salt. <laughs> hear a salty card for Tony and me. Oh, Mike, we got there. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Read <laughs> the card. Read the salty card <laughs> for us to see. That's a song, probably. The The salty card. (laughs) Mike, will you tell us? Come on, tell us, dude. The The salty card of the week this week is. Did we cry? (laughs) Salty tears. That was your best one of that. (laughs) And then there's, you know, it gets into it. 
I won't lie. I didn't get it in the first bar, but then then we got there. I've been listening yeah, to a lot I, of oh, classic I rock. Totally got there too. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> know which one that was. So, like, yeah, you don't that, know was, that, that was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, right? Like, come on, come sail away by sticks. Give me a break. No, guys. I know what it fucking was. I know I was you like, know. Tony. Stairway to Heaven, right? Mike, <laughs> yeah. Mike, listen to that song. Turn, crank up the volume, dude. Put on some headphones. <laughs> listen to that song it. and fucking. Fucking sail away, my friend. Good <laughs> song. That is a great song. I honestly like the. I really just like the beginning when it uh, the like converts. Yeah. When it converts to like the the more rock feel, I like it less. But yeah, I always I used agree. to think, what a great musical theater person he could be. He could be in Les Mis. <laughs> Yo, if that was, if that song was in Les Mis, I'm fucking all over that shit. <laughs> they wouldn't a, be so Miz anymore. <laughs> give me a clap, Lin Manuel. I know you're listening. Uh, write a classic <laughs> rock rendition of um of Les Mis, and I'm fucking all over it, dude. <laughs> Some kind of rock opera. Oh, rock operas. Love it. All right. Let's get into it, Mike. Come on, man. Okay. Stop stalling. Yeah, my bad. Sorry for the delay. The salty card <laughs> of the week this week is Atraxa Praetor's Voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting uh, a little bit excited for the upcoming All Will Be One spoilers. So I yeah. I'm actually kind of sad that like what's happening. Is, so I had started secretly brewing uh, a poison deck. Uh, because you guys had that episode without me where you're like, we don't have a poison deck in our pod. And I was like, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should allow us to experience the salt that can be. <laughs> but uh, now there's like all this shit coming out that's just like better and yeah, like so also like more aggressive. And um, yeah. honestly, that's where I'm at. Cause I was gonna, I was really gonna build like a secret, like a secret poison deck where like it was going to be apparent, like kind of in, but it, like the commander wasn't going to have anything to do with it. Uh, like one of the, like, I feel like I know a lot of people with different, like quote secret decks where like there's a commander, but it doesn't do anything. It would be my first of that kind. Yeah. I'm, mm. I'm a linchpin boy at heart, but I was going to just build something that was just like fucking proliferate planeswalkers and fucking oh, poison. Yeah, it <laughs> it would have been pretty nasty. I Were think. you going to use a Traxa? No. It would have been too easy. I just wanted to go. Um, what the fuck is Sultai? Mm, yeah. Mm. Lay it on us, Mike. Will do. She is an angel horror legendary creature. Flying, vigilance, death touch, lifelink at the beginning of your end step, proliferate. So, 4 4. So, uh, Sam, how do you feel about our girl Atraxa? boring dude (laughs) boring fucking commander man i think atraxa is is extremely boring um it's like keyword soup and it proliferates so you're like okay anything with counters plus one plus one counters poison planeswalkers it's gonna support it all it's just like such it's just such a boring commander like the 2016 four color commanders are there's a lot of like interesting variety in there. Like you have like uh, the boys whose name I forget, Tyrannos and Kiro or whatever the hell it is. Like that's like forms this interesting like group hug shell that I think is is more interesting than this proliferate robot. Would you feel different if it was brick counters that were getting proliferated, Sam? Or is only it... those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't. There's a lot of weird those. counters. There's weird like... counters out there. Like I think Saskia is more interesting. I, I just think that there's a lot more interesting design space for four color commanders. And this one feels like a super huge cop out. And 
because it's they're like, okay, it's four colors. We're going to give it four keywords, one for each color. And then we'll just give it this incredibly generic ability that can pop off with pretty much anything that you put into the deck. Like, I don't think it's hard to build an Atraxa deck. You just put plus one plus one counters or planeswalkers or poison counters in it. And you're like, sweet, look at me go. It's one of those decks that every player builds at a certain point in their EDH career. They're like, all right, I'm going to give Atraxa a shot, you know? But it just feels so bland, man. And so like overdone. Um, I'm not a fan of Atraxa. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tony, how do you feel about Atraxa? Um, you know, it's weird because there are like a bazillion of these decks out there, but I haven't really played with many of them or any of them. I was super excited for it uh, when it came out and I got that. I got the Commander Anthology too because it had it in it and I wanted it and I wanted to yeah. build it. But like kind of <laughs> to Sam's point, of it, it was a bit boring as I started to build it. I was like, it's very predictable, like what I'm going to do. I could try to think outside the box, but it doesn't really make sense. It, it very like falls into one line. It's powerful. It does like cool it shit, but it, it is like, it was just kind of boring. It doesn't generate a ton of salt for me, but it's just not a, I don't think it's that interesting, which is maybe what makes me a teensy bit salty about it. But in general, I don't have like some crazy amount of salt, but I haven't played against it a bunch. I'll say that I don't have salt when I see it on the table. I just think it's overhyped. Um, hmm. it, it's less of like the salt that you see in the game and more just like, man, everyone loves this commander and I get it. Like I dig, you know, Elish Norn's mommy. I think we can all agree. And Atraxa is like close, but Nornussy <laughs> get a little bit of that Nornussy up We're in still here. on that. No. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta of course say we are. <laughs> and, and I think that that's like, like Atraxa has this thing where people are like our girl, you know, she's awesome. And I get it, but it just is this really, it's like it's such a generic value engine that I, I don't think it breeds a creative design. Space Sounds like you have deck building plan. salt. Yeah, I, I have, have infinite amounts of sure. deck building salt. <laughs> it's brewing salt, you know? It's like when people build a, a chew lane deck and they're like, whoa, look at it pop off. And it's like, oh, really? The commander that basically reads like play creatures and pop off is popping off? What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, zing. How about you, Mike? How do you feel about this? The salt that I have about this is that I wanted to build it and then some friends like started shit talking it and now I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like they set you on the path. Sounds like you just want to slot black into your parry deck. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's really it. Those counters don't need to proliferate. I just need I just need one one, brick counter. That's all I need. I do think like early on when we were playing, I was like, oh, maybe I'll build a Traxa. And someone was like, oh, my God, they're all just the same. I've played against one or two Atraxa Super Friends decks, and those can be pretty unfun as well. Uh, yeah. Just because, like you said, it's a crazy keyword soup. So there's just this big fat blocker that's buffing all of your planeswalkers every turn and that can be like really frustrating and obviously we've covered how in fact another common theme in an attracts deck is also super tilting and frustrating mm-hmm. and the inevitability of an infect death when there's just a proliferate that's always castable uh, is really really painful so i've had a little bit of salt playing against this i've had a little bit of salt because i wanted to build it and then was kind of 
steered away from it because of the <laughs> kind of the whole hipster effect too. So, well, the yeah, there's that too. I mean, I, yeah. I will say like, I don't want to dissuade anyone from building an Atraxa deck. I personally don't like the design space. If you want to build it, that's fine. But there's, you know, just so many out there. But we talked about this on our, our episode with Joe Johnson. Like, it's totally cool to play these basic decks. You know, I think we were calling them like basic bitch decks. It's totally <laughs> cool to play those decks. I have a Rafik deck, which is like the most uh, poster boy of a Voltron deck. And I get a lot of joy out of playing it. So if Atraxis is your jam, like play it. Where does Personally, it... I think the design space is weak. Where does it sit on the list, Mike? Uh, why don't you take some guesses? Let's see. I'm going to say 67. I think it's very little salt. And I'm going to do, uh, let's say, give me a 42 there, Mike. Ooh, you think this is really salty, Sam? Because I think people associate Atraxa with poison and mm. super friends. And mm. people do not like that. This is just 99th. What? List. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Love That's that. So far. Barely off. on there. Barely on it. Wow. Just hanging on. Man. I, I Falling out of favor. That. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, interesting as well. It was not even on the top salty cards last year. That's maybe crazy, right? Maybe the salt people feel is that they're just sick of seeing it. <laughs> they're like, it's just boring. <laughs> It yeah, was out in 2021, right? It's been around oh, it's for been like for yeah, it's been 10 for years or something, yeah. right? Long as wow, I mean, that really? could definitely that be. Like, no, not that long. Super Friends decks generate a lot of salt because of long turns, lots of bookkeeping, and honestly, proliferate as a mechanic can be a little salty too, especially, you know, you're like flip over 12 dice on your board and you have to watch someone do that like four times in a turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cool. Yeah, this, this is interesting. <laughs> totally. yeah, that, that's that's interesting. It's it's I mean, clearly way lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think that's a fine place for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just towing in just barely in there. One just like a reminder. Salt. Yeah. Well, just a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the salt, Mike. Yeah, thanks for the salty card there, Michael. Appreciate You're welcome. it. You're welcome, Samuel and Anthony. Oh, and, gross. <laughs> and thank you to our prospectors for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. Um, if you would like more Howling Salt Mine podcast content, join our Patreon and check out our Extra Salt series, which is a little bit of an extra Tony, Mike, and Sam action that you get every single month. Um, <laughs> you know, where th these episodes are a little bit looser, we're chit chatting about things in magic that, you know, don't normally come up on the episode, uh, talking a little bit about the decks that we like to play, the cards that make us salty, different things like that. Um, so far, it's been a really fun series. So if you want to have a little bit more Howling Salt Mine in your life, join that up. And we have a booming Discord that's been a ton of fun. Uh, people are getting games in in the Discord. We're chatting about spoilers, which has been a lot of fun. Posting up deck lists for critique and just kind of like chatting about life sharing pictures of our cute pets, different things like that. Yes, pet pics. So you can find that at patreon.com slash howling salt mine. If you want to send us a salty story, please, we would love to get more salty stories. Uh, truthfully, I'd love to bank a bunch of them. So send those in to us, guys. Um, send them into our Gmail at 
thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Send it to our Instagram at thehowlingsaltmine. Send it to our Twitter at howlingsaltmine or hit us up on Reddit at thehowlingsaltmine. As always, we ask you to keep those short, sweet, and to the salt. Lastly, if you still want to support us, but you're not able to join the Patreon right now, a five-star review goes a super long way. You hear every podcast say this. You hear every YouTube person say it. Everyone wants the likes, the follows, stuff like that. Those metrics really do matter. They make our podcast more visible. And for tiny little creators like us, it actually makes a huge difference. Of course, we want to shout out our amazing podcast artist, JD Burnett. If you guys are ever in Asheville, North Carolina, go hit this dude up and get a beautiful tattoo. Uh, maybe even get the Howling Salt Mine podcast art tattooed on you because it's just dope. Someone's going to post a picture of that and I'm going to feel so sad. What? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm going to feel like a amazing. I'm going to feel I'm sad gonna... that we didn't do it first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to find that I person that. and kiss them on the lips. I, I'm like, <laughs> that will make my whole life, dude. Uh, I like, I for one of my friends in college, um, his like dog passed away and I drew a tattoo for him and he got it tattooed. And I like still think about that a lot that like someone has something tattooed on them that I drew. You're a shitty artist though. So it probably was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as always stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. little kitty back there yeah he's gonna jump up on my lap and fuck with my mic in a little bit good <laughs> sounds sounds awesome and that premier mic stand <laughs> uh sam can you tell tony what you were telling me the other day <laughs> uh mike mike consistently has the best audio out of any of us <laughs> that sounds like some fucking <laughs> bullshit it's it's true unfortunately was, were you having a bad day mike like was he just trying <laughs> no. to make you feel better like, no it's no, true because bullshit because i was telling mike like the extremely deep details of how i like balance the audio and record things and like it's you and i need a little bit more post-processing to sound good tony but mike just <laughs> has it you know so i'm saying you guys are gonna find humidifiers in your mailboxes one of these days like, the balance our microphones on top <laughs> find my al shore sh i find my i find my shallow shore shepherd my al shore shepherd oh man mike's cat is like rubbing up on his camera it is amazing i just saw whiskers yeah flash over the screen <laughs> the humidifier is not gonna make the cut long <laughs> this guy is gonna knock everything over where's your god now mike where's your humidifier god now <laughs>